center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the sorceress of Grayskull has kept this universe in harmony. But the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Grayskull is ever most in their minds. For to those that control Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be almighty. The power to be masters of the universe. Hello and welcome. My name's Chris Hammond and this is the first Mutual Handshake movie podcast. Um, Over the course of this podcast and hopefully further podcasts, we'll be discussing movies, probably more specifically, Guilty Pleasures. So today I'm joined by two fantastic chaps. To the right of me, we've got the uh, 1930s Robin Hood-looking geek fanboy. Uh, (laughs) We've got the hobo. Say hello, hobo. Hello. And how are you today, hobo? Um, apparently a geek fanboy. Geek um, fanboy, yeah. <laughs> and then to the left of me, a king amongst men. <laughs> a man who has literally worn his unlimited cinema card out just watching step-up films alone. My captain, my king, Tom Blackshaw. How are you, Tom? Very well, Chris. Very well. Very well. I'm all in today. All in? Like step-up five. <laughs> Let's go on to this week's film. Uh, we decided as a trio to get together. I think it was probably you who planted the seed, Tom. Oh, I don't like to take full credit, but uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that we would uh, get together and watch Masters of the Universe. So, for anyone who doesn't know Masters of the Universe, it's a 1987 science fiction romp based on the cartoon, which was based on an action figure line. Um, of He-Man, the ever-popular cartoon show. So, the film was made. It stars Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella, or Langella, whichever way you want to pronounce it. And it's about He-Man comes to Earth and has to find a key of some sort to save the Empress. So, what did you think of Masters of the Universe? Well, for one, you forgot it also has a comic book uh, fan base. And, and that's uh, why you're the geek <laughs> I think this is a truly amazing film, so it is my guilty pleasure. Because it, I don't know how anyone cannot enjoy it. Every part of it is absolutely amazing. It draws you into the universe. Every part is amazing. <laughs> I saw your face when I was saying that. Right, Tom, what do you think of Masters of the Universe, the, the inspiration behind the film that we watched today? I think it's, it's inspirational for us all. I think it's a journey of one man and his friends and how together they can make the world a better place. Um, in, the, in the words of David Hasselhoff, one man can make a difference. And <laughs> I, feel, I feel that's what Dolph Lundgren epitomises as he plays the titular hero um, He-Man, or as his friends call him, Adam. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot watching this film that his name is Adam. That's because they don't ever call him Adam. They <laughs> completely missed that out. And I don't know, I feel that was a, a point miss. How could they seriously look at him and call him He-Man? <laughs> How could those actors who played those roles look at Dolph and say, Oh, He-Man, what are we going to do? <laughs> and not just laugh. 
we must save the cosmic key. <laughs> I think I think words like that. You sound like they're from dudes wearing my car. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen them together. I've never seen them together. Uh, but I, I, I think on the whole, the film, it, it, it's got a um, sci-fi epic sort of tale to it. Some would say uh, this could even be greater than Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely a film that wears its influences on its sleeve. You can tell within like two minutes that the, the chap who's directed it is a massive Star Wars fan. Is, I don't know where you're getting for that from. Is it because of the opening title that has <laughs> an explanation of what's going on, which is a little Possibly. bit similar to uh, the opening call? Or? What about the the film opens up? It has the nice little intro with the Castle Grey Skull, the, the voiceover, and then it has the titles <clears throat> Superman ripoff Richard Donner. Did you notice that at all? And the, yeah, the it is a Superman ripoff. Swooping in titles. I believe it was a uh, uh, Bill Conti, uh, <laughs> Bill Conti that created the music. As Tom rattles through Wikipedia, <laughs> you'll be familiar with uh, Bill Conti because he he screen he also wrote the composed the music for most of the Rocky films. Ah, um, and uh, the right stuff as maybe well. Maybe that's how oh. Dolph Lundgren got into this. Yeah, on maybe the, the time Paul. frame. Yeah. yeah. Probably the only way he could get into a film <laughs> through the composer. Whoa! But then, anyway, so you go through your Superman <clears throat> rip-off uh, title credit sequence. The theme's very similar, and then it opens up to a nice little marching score. As <laughs> the foot soldiers line up, and Skeletor walks in his black cloak. It is a great cloak. Yeah, it is. And, and it just I'm not sure what Chris is trying to get out of here. I, I, I don't see any issue at all with this no. Chris as yet. <laughs> not similar. It's epic. It opens with an epic opening. It's quite memorable, uh, I'd say. It's uh, so not imperial. Imperial, <laughs> yes. I mean, you can, you can see where some of the ideas George Lucas had for the Stormtroopers <laughs> when you see uh, Skeletor's drones, so to speak. Oh right, okay. They're, they're called something weird, like break troopers or cr- crack troopers. I think they're crack troopers. I crack think that's the term. Because I was like, is that really their name? Do you know why they had the crack troopers? Interesting fact for you here. I'm guessing it's so He-Man could kill people and not feel bad. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mattel said that they're like, we don't want our toy line, our hero, our He-Man going around just slicing people's faces off. So like, right, okay, let's make some anonymous drone kind of guys that you can just slay left, right and centre. You know what, I, I, I think I kind of like whatever Mattel were trying to do back when they was making these movies, because they had a, a quite, kind of a gritty He-Man for mm. this period, and then if you think about the Transformers movie, the animated one, they kill off Optimus Prime, and not just in Spoiler a, like, an, oh yeah. <laughs> Like, not just in a, a kind of nice, kid-friendly way. It's kind of like, I'm dying. You're going to have to take everything that is me. And it's I must it. admit, I've never seen it. Oh. No, I've never I, seen the animated Transformers film. Have you not? The animated? That's no. yeah. a classic. You got the touch. I think it was 89. The uh, On the animated uh, films and animated programme, a lot of it was restricted due to the uh, the countries they were in. Oh right, really? Like in the in, in the states and other countries overseas, 
Um, they had a, a feel-good ending to each of the episodes. However, due to time constraints in the UK, it was actually uh, cut, that feel-good ending. So they cut it? <laughs> they literally cut the endings. Did you just read that from me? No, that's just a fascinating <laughs> fact that I happen to know. So, know in UK, we didn't have the nice little moral. We never saw the full story. Oh, Maybe that's why we're all hoodlums. Yeah, that's why we're pretty much embittered. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tom, what's your first memory of Masters of the Universe? I think my first memory was uh, back as a young child. Uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to see this in the uh, local multiplex. Surely (laughs) you'll have been too young. Look how how young you look. I can understand the the feeling looking at me. However, I I was but five years old when this film came to release and I remember not much later um, probably about in 88 uh, seeing a VHS version of the (laughs) film uh, and that cinematic experience on our 18 inch Ferguson TV uh, it was just Spine tingling, I think is appropriate. Oh. Spine tingling. <laughs> to see, to see 18, 18 inches. 18 inch TV Ooh. back then. Wow. Uh, How did your eyes cope? <laughs> it was incredible. There you were, sat three inches from the screen to see you could see it. Oh, that's the IMAX experience, isn't it? <laughs> back in the day. The full IMAX. Um, and I remember seeing it as a, as a big fan of the, uh, the cartoons growing up and then. Following on from uh, the initial Masters of the Universe cartoon, the She-Ra cartoons. Um, And obviously by the time He-Man, Master of the Universe, came out, the re-envisioned ones in about 1990, I I was a hardcore fan at that stage. And I could only re-watch it from then onwards. What about you, Hobo? What, the earliest memory yeah, of the your film? Yeah, the earliest memory of, of a, that film. Of the TV series. Yeah, Masters of the Universe. Dolph and his shiny pecs. I think it must have been something like rewatch because I, obviously I, it would have been rewatching it. Like how our first experience, the original Star Wars trilogy, it was like rewatching it as a kid and just being like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to be in this universe. I want to have that sword. And... Because I'm all about swords, mm. so He-Man is like the—he's got the most badass sword. He did have a good sword. He did have I a good sword. Particularly like the bit where he threw it. <laughs> it looked like a lot of work <laughs> into that throw. Well, when when your arms are as big as Dolph Lundgren's, it's easy. Yeah, that was like throwing a twig to him. What's about you then, Chris Hammond? What's your uh, first memory? <laughs> I re- actually remember getting it as a present from my auntie when I was a kid. And my cousins came round and they were like, oh, we've got you this gift. And I unwrapped it and I'm like, oh, what's it going to be? And it was Masters of the Universe on VHS. And wow. I'm like, oh, this is just the best day ever. I could have just died happy at that point. And then they told me pretty much everything that happened in the film, which just made me think, you've sat and watched my present and then given it to me. They were like, oh, and then at the end, Skeletor turns into a golden monster. So I was like, you just blatantly sat and watched that video before you've given it to me. Spoiler alert again there. (laughs) Oh, the golden monster bit at the end, though. So, are you saying, this tells me that the whole reason you hate Master of the Universe is because you have a really bad memory of how it's delivered to you. Like, me and Tom, we were like, oh my god, this is awesome. And you were like, Mm -hmm. he's dickheads have been watching my film absolutely <laughs> absolutely spoiled it 
I couldn't believe it. I was like, you've just ruined it. But then again, they gave my brother a VHS copy of whoever finds a friend finds a treasure. <laughs> so, no. I think, um, I think... <laughs> Never even heard of that. It sounds like the shittiest film ever. Yeah, it was some kind of French redoubled film, but so I was still the winner. I think one great part I'd um, I'd love to go back to actually is uh, the talk of the sword. Oh, Oh, okay. uh, He Man's uh, sheath and sword Mm. itself. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about He Man's sword? Is that what's getting you? (laughs) <laughs> oh god, you can cut this bit. Um, what do you particularly like? So the uh, the ho ho, the hobo. Um, what no is hobo. it? What is it? You can have to cut this bit. Uh, so the hobo. What is it that first um, attracted you to human sword? <laughs> I'm not maturing over this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) All joking aside, I I think my my only gripe with the film itself is uh, not just when he holds the sword, when he holds it aloft, we only get by the power of Grayskull. Yeah. I no, think no, once he, or no, he twice. He skips the power of grace. Exactly. He goes straight in for the eye of the power. It's a very, very poor thing. I mean, mm. you're missing a key line there. Yeah. Yeah. No, not good, is it? You've you've got to channel the power of Grayskull before you can fully have the power. Well, that's. I think if I was going to have problems with it, is an amazing film. Oh, we it? all love it. <laughs> <laughs> Despite your bitter childhood <laughs> memories. I did enjoy it, I did. I really did enjoy it, even if, though it's terrible. Um, the, the thing I, I'd change about it is the fact that they, they didn't use the Adam part of it, and as, as such, I imagine that's why they've chosen to skip out certain ways they predict it, because it's just like, I've got the power. Because he's always got the power. In this version of E-Man, he does. he's always got the power. Yeah. In, in like the cartoon version and the comics version, like if he gets beat up pretty hard, he loses the power for a while. Mm-hmm. It takes it out of him. But yeah, this he goes is... back to normal clothes. So if he? anything, this <laughs> when I think about it, he's just really showing off. Like, yeah, I've got the power. I'm pretty <laughs> boss. <laughs> he's pretty much just declaring that I've always got the power. I'm pretty amazing. But what, what do you think about the removal of the cat? So what's it called? Um, Snuff. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the cat. So what's Cringer. 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 And then the changing of Orko to Gwildor, the fried chicken loving Gwildor, <laughs> who just gets that Cadillac from nowhere. I don't know Pimps where that it. came from. Pimps it. But did it, you notice it. how slow it goes? He's never even <laughs> been to West Coast Customs. He's and not. <laughs> There he is. Never met Exhibit. Never met Exhibit. One thing I, I noticed watching it twice over the weekend was the fact that it does seem like a bit of a fried chicken advert, but not for a p- particular chain. But what? No, no. Burger King. Did what? you not notice no? the scene where, is it Kevin? So yeah. there's a bit where the um, the young lead of the film, Kevin, Kevin. a boyfriend, the musician. There's a scene where he's in his house and... Um, he's just had the truth necklace on uh, a necklace nice. for you listeners out there that makes him spill the beans <laughs> and then it just cuts to a scene of, a shot of him he's just cleaning a surface 
just wiping it up while there's Burger King in the background. Really? Do you not remember? No, I, well, no, I remember. I missed it. It's just no reason. No, it doesn't carry on. It doesn't go on for any reason. Just a shot of him cleaning the surface while there's Burger King That's in the weird, side. weird because all they ever do is eat fried chicken, which I would have thought it would be a KFC advert or something. Or a Wendy's maybe yeah. in the States. Well, she starts in that restaurant, do not she? And it's like Wendy's at the beginning. I think there was some key product placement going on. I think it Funds was. Low. I think it may have been a, a one off chicken and ribs place, <laughs> and they wanted to make it big. Uh, and they thought, let's go with Masters of the Universe. <laughs> um, maybe then we can have the power. Oh, and there was that lovely scene of them eating fried chicken and ribs when Teela. Lovely Teela. 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 Sexy Teela. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, with uh, Father Duncan and Gwildo, where they sit down. <laughs> I love it, like, Man of Arms. Duncan, that's my name. Duncan. <laughs> it's like Steve. <laughs> I'm Man of Arms, also known as Steve. <laughs> Father Duncan. <laughs> I bless you, my child. And uh, he, he does seem to appreciate the meat of an animal, unlike Gwildo. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, and Tila. Yeah, yeah, they're like, this is barbaric. He's like, you gotta eat what you gotta eat. <laughs> He's a man of the world. He's lived a little. He's... See, that's how he, good he man is. It appeals to vegans. <laughs> it does, yeah. I just don't understand how either of them could eat anything whilst looking at Gwildor's face. <laughs> that would just make me feel sick. I don't know, his face looked a bit like meat I, I could eat, like already cooked meat. It looked like melted sick. <laughs> Do you feel that uh, Gwildor is like a miniature version of Gimli from Lord of the Rings? Do you see how he grows? He's <laughs> like someone went Gimli and one of those trolls with the crazy hair that goes up. Um, and just went, of a similar era to uh, Mattel's products. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts, uh, Chris, on, on, on the bad guys? So starting with uh, the leader, shall we say, of the fight... Uh, to rule Eternia, um, the great Frank Langella, or oh, Langella. Skeletor is absolutely the best thing about this film. <laughs> no shadow of a doubt, like, absolutely 100% best thing about this film. No sarcasm. No, he was, every single time Skeletor was on screen, I was in it, I was involved, he, he was brilliant. Oh, I actually wrote down the quote, um, something that he said. Tell me about the loneliness of good. Yes. Is, is it equal to the loneliness of evil? Oh, like, this is like Shakespeare. That was this beautiful. Like watching Shakespeare but in a mask. If you compare that. What's a Dolph? But no, like in the start, like Dolph's bad delivery of the line, let her go at the start, is horrible. <laughs> but then at the end, uh, just like a little bit later, he says something like, um, but it's like a really badly written line. It's something like, oh, I'll dare anything. Like, you dare do this, and Skeletor has to say, I'll dare anything. What is that line? He has about ten lines in the film. If you think about how much Dolph Lundgren actually says. Yeah, oh no. He's about ten lines. He's not a speaker though, is he? He's really bad. Rocky Four got it right. It's like, mm. I, I will break you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that works for you. Come on, give us your insight on Skeletor. Skeletor. I think he just conveys the emotion, and it's for me, it's through the eyes. It's all about the eyes. If anything says you're going to hell, you will work for me. I mean, the way 
when he initially sends out his four assassins. Mm-hmm. I know Beastman's there, and I always remember Beastman. Yeah, well, yeah. Big Beast. In fact, I, I remember. You said Obeastman. Obeastman. Who is Obeastman? Really fat guy that comes for them. You know the the Beastman. Uh, he's rather hairy and looks like maybe a convoluted descendant of Chewbacca. Oh, he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, you see, Star Wars influence again. <laughs> again, yeah, that is Star Wars copy. That's the first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the way that he just dispatches of one of his assassins when they fail on the first attempt to capture He-Man. Okay, then Tom. Let me just ask you this. So the little lizard man that you're talking about, who he fucks up. So he's like, you, you're dead. Yeah. You're dead to me. He you're... kills him with just a blink mm-hmm. of his uh, of his eye, just a quick point of the finger, and he's dead. Yes. So then at the end of the film, Skeletor goes through all this trouble to become this big golden badass. Yes. And he doesn't seem like he can kill shit. He's just stunning people left, right, and centre. What is he actually? What are these powers that he's got? No, I he, can. He can shoot it out of know, his eyes and stun He-Man. You know what my main problem with that is? In that scene with the four guys, it's like you've got Beastman who's like begging and dragging on Scott, which so is clearly pussy. pissing off. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got uh, who, the Krog, Karg, what, the, the weird. Oh yeah. Like um, he looks like Eddie from like. yeah. <laughs> Um, and he's like making excuses, also pissing him off. So then, what you got left got is Matt Blade. Three on the corner <laughs> with his fucking Gillette. Oh yeah, he, even he gets in and is like, oh, just give me one more chance. Yeah. And so the only one is the silent guy who's just like, I'm not making any excuses, like whatever, and just <laughs> he's the one who gets killed. You see, that's what you're missing. The point he he didn't care enough to even speak up. Um, he didn't care enough to defend Maybe his case. Maybe he couldn't speak. Yeah. Did you ever hear him speak? Maybe he literally couldn't speak. He could have been a mute. I'm going to kill true. the mute. Well, I didn't like the way he looked at him, and I think if I had been <laughs> Skeletor, I would have done the same. And then coming back to your question from earlier, right. why at the end when he becomes Golden Skeletor? Yeah. So he's got blinged out. He's been to West Coast Customs. He's been to West Coast Customs. He saw exhibit, and he's there ready to go. I'd be tired at that stage. You've captured Eternia, you're ready to rule it all, <laughs> and suddenly you're exhausted. Who comes busting through? Ivan Drago and Monica <laughs> from Friends. And what would you do? <laughs> the bald cop, who is it? Strickland. Yeah, from Strickland from Strickland. Back to the Future. Yeah, he is. He's like, don't take my newspaper, Skeletor. <laughs> who, by the way, I was talking to the hobo about this earlier. <laughs> he is a dick. Like, that, that kid... Who the the Kevin, the, Kevin. the pianist, who's like, oh, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a young musician. I've just come to a school earlier in the scene where like it's all been third down. I'm worried about my girlfriend. Is she in there? She's been slaughtered by these horrible people. And then next thing, I've got a cop giving me shit, oh. and he's just like, oh. Shut up, you. <laughs> Having said that, if I had been the cop, L- Lodich, is it? Is that his name? Something, Something like that. that. Um, <laughs> if I had been that cop and this guy came to the school with what's clearly not a synthesizer, I, I think even me as a non-musician would be able to guess that's not a synthesizer. Um, he came there and this old guy, because he's clearly too old for school, came and said, oh, it's my school, my girlfriend's here. You're 30 years old, what are you doing with... 
clearly some sort of gun, and you're telling me it's a synthesizer. To, I'd think he's crazy. I'd be, I'd be doing the same as the cop. <laughs> I'm the opposite to you. Young guy, he's found a giant Easter egg looking thing. He's turned up. Oh, that's my girlfriend. Oh, I love her. I miss her. She might be dead. And he's like, shut up, jerk. Get me a gun. My issue is he doesn't seem to care about the missing girl that this guy has just no, reported. He doesn't. <laughs> he's like, there's a girl in there. She could have died in the fire, which is missing. Either way. Tell me about that synthesizer. <laughs> okay, so picking up where we were saying earlier with the uh, bad guys, so to speak, Skeletor's cronies, mm. as I like to think of them. Um, I do have many issues with this. The first of which I'll start with uh, Beastman. Beastman, yeah. Or uh, or a budget Chewbacca. Oh, he's got good makeup. <laughs> His makeup still looks pretty good. He does have good makeup, and I would say he looks more like Wolfman than Benicio del Toro looked like <laughs> Wolfman. <in> Wolfman. <laughs> yeah. However, this is Beastman. His name is Beast. Yeah. I expect him to be a beast. He has no power. His physical power is so poor. He's... I mean, he attacks Kevin after he's put the Sherdick in the way. Touches him in the face, but he, he doesn't even have a nosebleed. He's quite civilised, isn't he, for a beast? He, he does is. a bit of grovelling, doesn't he? <laughs> he probably uses a knife and fork at his dinner. Do you think he is more or less hard than Wolf from Gladiators? Oh, that's bad. It that depends. Is scale. Has he got yeah. better hair? If someone's a beast, is it's got... dependent on if they're a wolf or not. Yeah. <laughs> he's got fuller hair, yeah, yeah. He's got but fuller I wouldn't hair. say better hair. Wolf's right. got... Wolf's got a certain demeanour. Yeah. It's almost, almost got like a comic charm with it. Oh, I think Wolf could literally tear you apart. However, Beastman yeah. would maybe try and tear you yeah. apart, but miss. Like, yeah. if you had a bit of paper, Wolf would like get his nails in and rip it out. Yes. But Beastman would be like palming it like, uh, he'd be, I can't rip this bit of paper. That's yeah. right, Hobo. It's like the Beastman, it's like he'd try and dig his nails in, but it's like someone's put tape over his nails and he can't really get a grip. Whereas I liked Beastman. I thought he was good. Is it Beastman or just Beast? No, Beastman. Beastman. Beast oh, it's Beastman. Because uh, it's for He-Man. Yeah, yeah. Beastman. Wait, well, it's half, to... half Beast, half Man. Yeah, we have to remember that these are men and not yeah. women. Man at arms. <laughs> man at arms, yeah. Duncan. <laughs> 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 Father Duncan, I bless you, my child. <laughs> I liked Beastman. Yeah. I thought he was good. I thought he was. He showed like his softer side when he begged for his life. But then was still a badass when he walked in and smashed Kevin in the face. Are you looking? If you for... can, if you can't beat up a pianist, who can you beat up? <laughs> so you're looking for the story arc with the, the, the smaller villains. But I'll, I, he looked good. Yeah, that, he looked that... good. Presentation, I cannot fault. Um, in didn't terms move of delivery. Well. Like, no. The bit where the monikers crawled out and <laughs> buggered off and then he's like, go after them. He sort of like saunters off. So let's just set the scene. Is that the scene where Skeletor sends his four best oh, like, yeah. assassins to kill a teenage girl and she gets away? Well, they, from they, crawling they are, under a table. They are limited by Eddie from Iron Maiden. Oh, <laughs> he's yeah. Eddie from Iron Maiden. They are limited by him saying, no, we need her alive. She they might have, know where the key is. Yeah. I don't know what he bases that information Eddie on. from Iron Maiden, uh, the Beast Man with yeah. no nails. Poor man's Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. The mute reptile. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah he gave good neck, though. <laughs> oh, that little bulging did. neck was That good. special effects yeah. was... I was like, oh, he is actually... A, you know what? Man. On a side note, 
the special effects, not the CGI. No, no, no. no? Where he's no. flying around on that like tea tray. The whole man. world building mm -hmm. with the the practical effects. Yeah, were. practical effects Ooh. were great. Beast Man looked good. Lizard Man looked good. Even Eddie from Iron Maiden looked <laughs> all right. Skeletor looked good. Even oh. even Gwildor. I did have an internal debate over Skeletor's eyes. If I wanted the the bigger bits to be darkened out and you just see his pupils that are moving or not, but I, I think no. it kind of worked. I liked his eyes. I thought his mouth was what let him down. It looked a bit weird. How did you want the mouth to work? I don't know. It just, it just looked a bit weird. It didn't look like he was talking in time with what he was saying. Did you see him with perhaps a smaller mouth structure? Maybe with fuller lips, more inviting lips. I I liked the way. I, I I do agree. He wasn't necessarily talking in time, but for me that evoked the the feeling of watching like an old kung fu movie. Oh, right. that's what you want from Skeletor. He's like you will fight. He-Man. And then the lips would move for the benefit of the audience. <laughs> what did we think of Evelyn? Someone so evil that she prefixes her name with the word evil. <laughs> I'm not even going to leave it to imagination. Like, I'm bad evil. That's what I'm putting on my CV. That's what I'm getting out of there. If I'm applying for a job, it's, it's evil Lynn. It's not, it's just Lynn. I, mean, <laughs> I know, Lynn. Lynn again, not the Lynn. most powerful of names. Who's going to be scared of Lynn? I'm surprised she wasn't called Lynn Man. Who, Everyone who, else was. Who calls the child Lynn now? So I think that sort of sums up it all. It was very of the era calling somebody Lynn. <laughs> yeah. What I loved about Evelyn... Maybe her name was Evelyn. Maybe it is, and we've all misheard it all <laughs> yeah. these years. Even, even Skeletor is like, Evelyn. <laughs> 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 Every time Evelyn is like, oh. Maybe. <laughs> my my favourite bit with, uh, with Lynn is quite early on. <laughs> <laughs> it just totally takes away. Go on, Lynn. <laughs> Bless. It's like calling your mum, Lynn. Lynn is somebody that if she, if she worked in the city, she'd have a power suit on. She was all about the, the business. She, she, she definitely go. You could tell it was a film in the eighties when she wasn't working for Skeletor. Um, she she was rocking the shoulder blades. Yeah, her and Melanie uh, shoulder blades. Working girl. Arm pads. Mm, arm shoulder pads. pads. Shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was definitely rocking the shoulder pads. And my favourite bit when he when the assassins failed and Lynn, evil Lynn, or Evelyn, if we want to drop it, and um, she Darling chirps me. up like, "What a bunch of failures!" <laughs> I could have done it with my eyes closed, and then Skeletor's like, "Crack on, go yeah. with them." Oh, that line is like, "I wasn't suggesting me, but we shouldn't have talked." Pipe <laughs> oh, yeah. down, like, bitch. Mm. She has got nice eyes, though. I'll give her that. I'll give yeah. Evelyn lovely eyes. I told Sorry, you. we're just looking at a picture of her now. She has got very blue eyes. She's matured a she's little. She's got blue eyes, but she's aged badly. If yes. you compare her to uh, Teela, who has aged oh, amazingly. Oh, Teela. Oh. Now, Teela. Wow. Did anyone sense a little... Um... I would still Teela yes. there and then. She's 57. Did anyone sense a romance between He-Man and Teela? I think it could have been toyed at. Yeah. Um, however... I wasn't sure the way that she looked at Duncan, whether Duncan was her father, Father Duncan to her, <laughs> or, or or maybe a more a mature. Tila is actually, Hobo. you know, Tila is the sorcerer's daughter, no. which the Man of Arms essentially Sired. adopts. Oh, oh right. Yeah. So he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Um, sorceress. As far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong, 
and for our millions of fans. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't think, like Teela knows at the start, she just believes, or and then she finds out later on that she's adopted. But yes, she's adopted by man at arms, and so she's not wow. actually woman at arms as she claims. And this is why you're the geek fanboy. There was a scene where it's just when they've had the big brawl with the uh, with the, the alien guys and. Blade and that lot, and He-Man has just rescued Monica from Friends, <laughs> and he's got her and he's cradling her, and then Teela and Father Duncan turn up, and He-Man goes, have any luck? And then she says something like, you did? Not as much as yeah. you did. And there's just like this little weird moment where he's She's basically like, you just got blown off. Yeah. You're yeah. in an alley with a, like an 18-year-old girl in denim. She's definitely gone down on him. Even, again, you've been banging underage women. What are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's the tone that it's... She, he was yeah, he-boy must... before that scene, and now he's he-man. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm channeling my finest Dolph Lundgren here. I love the power. Uh, the yeah. best bit I love about Dolph Lundgren is when he's fighting, he's like, <laughs> That's his sword <laughs> movement. <laughs> I think you're uh, you're using one of the classic Dolph Lundgren quotes there of. <laughs> yeah, they're copyrighted, so <laughs> you owe him some money. He does use them a lot in the Expendables, and they've they've worked well for him over the years. <laughs> now, I would like to discuss Gwildor and the Key. Yes. So, what's going on with that key? There were a couple of things that I loved about it. One was how much they were amazed when Kevin could recite a, like a seven chord tune and, were, and he was like wow how did you remember that and it's like well it's basically close, close encounters two I loved that they could just plug a Casio keyboard in and that's it and three oh we've got to revisit this but the the time travel bit. What the fuck? Before, they we, they we, pull we, that out the back. Yeah, we, yeah we'll we, we, this, The time travel thing is the whole thing. It's a whole... It could even have its own podcast. Coming up on episode two. <laughs> Part <laughs> two of Masters of the Universe. <laughs> the main thing I found ridiculous about the whole keeping is... Not that I got the keeping. Like, you need to bring in Earth into this. And MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the thing about the key is, obviously... Gildor has used it before. He's aware that Skeletor has used it before. Mm. That's but how then, Skeletor came to be in the position exactly. he's in. And they explain that right before this moment mm-hmm. where when they use it to escape Skeletor and everyone fighting him. What, what's Gildor screaming at the top of his voice right before they escape to Earth? My key. I love chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. My key? The key? It's working. It's working. Uh, it's, it's really. He's it's, it's, it's like. Yeah. Fuck, it's working. He's surprised oh, that right. it's worked. Even though he's got so much evidence that it has worked before. He created it. So one, he should have realised it works. Two, he knows someone who's been able to invade um, Internia because it worked. Mm-hmm. And yet, when it works, he's like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, he buzzes off it, doesn't he? I think that's the joy of being uh, such a renowned scientist as Gwildo um, the, the eternal surprise and joy that you can bring every time you have a success I mean going back to what, what Chris mentioned earlier with the car the way he modifies that car in, in such a short time he, he doesn't just change change the dashboard he actually changes what's used to actually move the car so it's, it's a petrol free car yeah, yeah. Where, but yeah. where does he get it from and how does he build it in such a quick time nobody knows nobody knows where the car came 
Has it gone from someone's drive? Did anyone notice when he was building the the, the, the new key? Mm. Yeah, the new key. Which the I, new I, key. I did like that it was. He's been to Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> Surfs up, Guildo. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, I'm so glad those sunglasses out again. I'm so sunglasses glad Masters of the Universe Two didn't happen. Masters of the Universe Two. Masters of the Universe Guildo in a Fat Willie Surf Shack T-shirt. <laughs> that were very big in the early nineties. <laughs> I, I did like though when they built the new temporary like shitty key. That it didn't work perfectly. It brought in bits of earth in. Yeah, yeah. that was a nice bit of detail. It happens. Oh, but, but for a guy who makes keys for a living. Did anyone think it was weird that he said that he loved it back in the old days when you didn't have to lock your door? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, this is your industry. You make keys. <laughs> It'd be Timpsons, wouldn't it, employee? Yeah. And you were like, oh, I prefer it when people left the doors at Leave yeah. your bike in the street. I've just realised, though, <laughs> we're saying that Masters of the Universe stole a lot from Star Wars. And Matrix stole the Keymaster. Masters of the Universe. That's true, yeah. Well, let's. Do you think that Masters of the Universe, Tom and Hobo, do you think that it influenced Hollywood going forward? Oh, definitely. I think we we wouldn't have some of the space operas that we have now. I mean, probably Guardians of the Galaxy wouldn't have been made. <laughs> That's a bold statement. <laughs> I'm just throwing I'm that out there. You right now, I think the fact that um, the Star Wars, the the, the Pora Three trilogy. Um, that probably wouldn't have happened. Have what, happened. Five and I mean, all yeah, I'm saying great. is, what was the terrible Star Wars movie? Phantom Menace. Thank you, The Phantom Menace, Chris. <laughs> so, The Phantom Menace, one of the greatest parts of The Phantom Menace is uh, Darth Maul's double-ended sword fight. Mm, agreed. Um, all I'm saying is, in Masters of the Universe, they actually fired lightsabers at people, essentially. <laughs> Yeah. That's what they were doing. The, don't mistake them for lasers. These are lightsabers that are flying at others. Right. Okay. That's an interesting point. <laughs> yeah. No, I love yeah. Master Moon, yeah. so I'm going to step in right now. Right. What? Go we for it, not, it, it helped further that universe and any anything like that to show. I would not be surprised if. What's his name who did go? Um, James, James Gunn? Gunn? Yeah, James Gunn. Didn't look, because I know he's, he's, one, he's into his 80s music, obviously by the soundtrack, mm. but two, I know he, he looked at a lot of films to reference yeah. it, and I don't know, but I would not be surprised if he didn't look at this film to show how to do a good sort of, because yeah. Massive Universe, it keeps it in its own universe. It keeps it in a. It's very real to its own universe. So it's ridiculous that you've got a guy walking around in his like loin cloth or whatever. But so is 300. But that keeps it in its universe, and that's what Massive Universe does, and that's what Guardians of the Galaxy does. It's got ridiculous moments, but it keeps it all in that believable universe. I think that's that's a great point you mentioned. I mean. Monica from Friends, she took it all on board when a man in a loin clock yeah. came to say there was no shock in her. It's like she'd seen it all before. Oh, you're here again. No, she did have the shock of like a beast man come at her first. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still think there'd be some surprise if a man in a loin cloth um, said, Oh, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> It's Dutch. It's Clogs would give him away, wouldn't they, if it was Dutch? But I think there'd still be some surprise. What I did want to sort of cause some 
questions about was the headgear worn by uh, Father Duncan many times. All right, okay. Uh, what are our thoughts on the headgear and is the visor necessary, Chris? It seemed a bit cumbersome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that attributed to his angry personalities. He seemed to have a lot of built-up aggression. He was straight in there, smashing that chicken. Oh, I love chicken, mate. And then he was just like, he was just angry all the way through. Did you not feel like him and Teela all the way through? I felt that was um, pent-up sexual aggression. What, between Father Duncan and Teela? Father Duncan and Teela. I mean, well, if he's adopted. Well, exactly, it's his daughter. As far as she's aware, they are father and daughter. That's why I that Is that true or not? No, but... On the film. No, in the backstory, geek, hobo. She's <laughs> when when she's like, oh look at that, and she's on about Gildor. Gildor, Gildor, sorry. <laughs> right, get it right, Cash. You've seen it twice this week. Sorry, I'm just thinking. <laughs> Orko. Right. Orko in my head, and then um, and he looks at it, and he just sees obviously being a pervy old man. He just sees two people making out. He's like, oh, I was doing that back before you were born. Oh, legend. See, that that's what I mean. He was putting it out there. Seeing what came back, I, I was doing that. She thought maybe he's an experienced man. Mm-hmm. I do like a mustache. Yeah, I do like a visor. Do you feel <laughs> yeah. he was a little old for the role of Men at Arms? Yeah, he, he, he was, was a bit old. Uh, the actor was 54 at the time. Wow. Uh, there's a fact for you, all you factoids. Men at Arms is old from the cartoon. No, but I had him more in his mid 40s. Yeah, I did. I was going more like a, a slimline Tosh from the bill. <laughs> oh, Tosh. <laughs> Tosh. And he's fantastic. I'm lost on this. <laughs> when you bring him the bill. The younger hobo. <laughs> I need to discuss with you the time travel element. Yep. How the fuck did we get through this entire escapade? All these issues, people nearly dying. Mm. And then right in the last bit, Gwildor's like, oh, do you want me to send you back a year for Courtney Cox? Because yeah. I can do that. I can do time travel. <laughs> I didn't use it before because I'm a gentleman and I want to see how things pan out. But I can no, there is a time travel issue here, but it's not any of the good guys. Oh. It's Skeletor. Because if you think throughout the whole film, the good guys are like, I'm trying to figure it out, and mm-hmm. whatever. They're doing it in a rush, and first, and then it gets zapped, and then they're like, oh, the keys are messed up. Every time they're at a disadvantage with the key, it's not perfect. And like, Gildor's always trying to work it out to fix it. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire film, it's only at the end. Yeah, he needs to remember, f- like, five notes. <laughs> and he's like, boop, 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 boop. It's you're... Skeletor who should have been able to travel in time and defeat everything without... He, he had a perfectly working, working key. He, he had it the, there for the taking, all for... He had it all for Eternia, and he, he blew it, <laughs> literally. Um, he could have He could have ruled it all... It's like buying a day rider and taking a single journey. Oh, don't we just take that? At least I've travel around, see the region a little bit. I've mm. done that before and I felt, I felt bad. I, felt oh. bad oh. I was like, I kind of want to ask for my money back, but I can't. Can you I? sort of, you, sort, you think, I'll get a bus um. to somewhere else. Even though you don't need it, why not? I mean, if he thought sort of bigger picture, um, he would have made this a success. Well, he the key, he Unless the time travel thing is something that only Guild on you can do it. Maybe, but if he did only know, why didn't he use it? Why did it take him right till the end to send Monica back to 
to get because he couldn't use it properly any time before. He was still working out coordinates. So maybe when he first got it, he went, "By the way, if you give me a bit more time, I can go back before this That's even happens." That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they were under fire. They had mm-hmm. to stroke mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. it, so he had to find out where to go. Yeah, and even to release the sources, like, he had to like, right, give me a moment. It's not, it's not like yeah. press and play. It, this is also true. It is Gwildo. So the bottom line is great at science, <laughs> crap at geography. <laughs> Good at stealing chicken. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think it's his claw mechanism. Yeah. I, I don't claw. think it's got a name, the claw. But he's, the same claw fantastic. that He-Man uses like, uh, to steal the key. It's true. He steals it off Skeletor. The yeah. accuracy from that claw yeah. is it's incredible. Wow. <laughs> it's a smart I, I, claw. It's very smart. So to sum up, what are your thoughts of uh, Masters of the Universe, Tom? I think um, it, it's one of the classics in the space opera. It, it, it's up there with the earlier um, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Influencing Guardians of the Galaxy, you and, say? And influencing, going on to influence other films such as Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think it, it's of the era, you know, it's up there with other great fantasy and sci-fi yeah. films. Um, so, yes, I, I'm, I'm a big thumbs up, and it's certainly a guilty pleasure from me. And, and Hobo, what do you think of Masters of the Universe after that excellent speech from Tom? I will not hear a bad word against it. It's just a, a good film. Anyone who says it isn't hasn't played. And over to you, Chris. Yeah, I think absolutely guilty pleasure all the way. Terrible film, but you've got oh. it. You've got to love it. Um, interesting fact for you that I've oh, uh, found out. Do you know that the amount of baby oil used to lube up Dolph Lundgren, it actually cost twice the budget of the film. So they had to go and get double the budget just to lube up Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> what do you think of that? Uh, definitely uh, an interesting fact. It's uh, 100% true. 100%. It's on Wikipedia. I think it's, it, it deserves moving to a, a classic movie status. <laughs> In your opinion, Chris, does it, uh, does it make the Guilty Pleasures Hall of Fame? 100%. Guilty Pleasures, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I think that's it for the first mutual handshake movie podcast, Guilty Pleasure for Masters of the Universe. Goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. Goodbye from Tom. Goodbye. And goodbye from Hobo. Goodbye.